Hello and welcome to the Sports Loft Podcast, where, as you know, we talk about everything to do with the intersection of technology with the fun, fantastic world of sports, media and entertainment. Today, we're very, very pleased to have the opportunity to introduce you to the newest Sportsloft member company, Leveler, spelt L-E-V-E-L-L-R, for those of you who are wondering. And we're going to dive into their journey so far, what they do, what it is to build community in the world of sports and entertainment, and how they go about doing that. But before we get to that, as always, I'd like to welcome my co-host, Sportsloft grandee, grand vizier, future prophet. We're about to film our 2024 forecast podcast, Charlie Greenwood. Welcome back to the Sportsloft podcast. I always love that you big it up so much, Annie, but... It's so, so, someone has to, right? Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll take it where I can get it. That's that will do. Obviously, congratulations are in order for uh, onboarding the latest Sportsoft company, which is, as I mentioned, Leveler. Um, what Leveler do, we'll get into in more detail. But what I can tell you right now is that Leveler works with some of the world's biggest musicians, brands, and creators to connect directly with their fans uh, and build community. A community mainly across Discord and Telegram. Now, that's the official spiel, but to tell us more about it, I'd like to welcome the founder and CEO of Leveler, Tom Gaynor. Tom, welcome to the Sportsloft podcast and welcome indeed to Sportsloft. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here and excited to, to dive into community a little bit more. Awesome. Well, we are a sports podcast, so the question that we ask everybody, your favorite sports moment of the week, and Charlie, please, for the love of God, can it not be a Wolves moment, please? I'll start with you. Okay, well, no, I'm not going to go for Wolves uh, this week, and especially after this weekend, because I'll uh, only end up ranting about VAR <laughs> again. Um, so I'm going to go for the upcoming IPL auction this week, so a bit of cricket. I guess I the whole thing I find fascinating how players, and I'm talking very much from an English perspective where we all have our opinions as to who should be in the test team or the one-day team, but the players are actually given a valuation so you've got Harry Brook, who's probably the pick of the bunch. Um, he's given a reserve price, I think, at something like £200,000, which just seems like a totally arbitrary kind of number. Um, but then you've also got the players who have been retained by their teams, the likes of the sort of the Joss Butlers, you know, Moeen Ali, Sam Curran. You've got Ben Stokes, who's not actually uh, playing, um, I think resting, uh, resting a little bit. But the whole process is so of given a valuation and the draft is just so alien to English cricket, which has always had its uh, selection committees. And I just find the whole thing kind of wonderful. So, yeah, I'm going for the uh, the IPL auction as my, uh, my pick of the week. Excellent. Tom, what was your favourite sporting moment of the week? Well, it's the beginning of a favourite sporting moment for me. It is the kickoff of the darts, the World Dart Championships at... Ali Pali, Alexandra Palace, I think it is one of the great live sporting events globally. Um, for those that haven't been, it is an experience uh, and would very much recommend going, um, ideally in some form of fancy dress. Um, yeah, it's it sort of heralds the beginning of the festive season. Um, so, the darts. Very nice. Well, that seems like a very, very good note to uh, move on from. And we'll get into kind of how it came about. But what is it that Leveller does right now and who you do it for sure so we'll get into sort of story as you say of, of how we got started and why we ended up building in this space but where we've um built our business around is really helping to connect our customers 
um, to their superfans. Um, and there's consistency with superfans, whether that be uh, in the music space, whether that be in gaming, whether that be large consumer brands or sports rights holders, which we're going to speak about today. And ultimately, we have started to see habits shift from sort of open networks towards closed, safe spaces and messaging apps on our phones, right? WhatsApp groups, Telegram groups, Discord servers. And what we saw at Leveler was that there was a huge opportunity to help connect um, sports rights holders, artists, brands with their most engaged fans and to create really, in the most simple terms, a, a modern day fan forum. Um, but building on platforms like Discord comes with questions that need to be answered. And so we've gone and built software solutions that plug into messaging apps and then built a team of community experts to help our customers to go and then build, manage and, and monetize those communities. So give us an example of something like that that, uh, that you've delivered, whether in the sports world or in the music world, um, both from the community owner's perspective, the brand, the musician, the, the, the whatever it may be, but also what that experience is concretely for fan Joe Blogs who, who joins that community. What are they experiencing? What's going on? Right. Um, so uh, I think one of our, our great examples is working with a, a music artist called Fred again, who has grown significantly over the last 24 months. And Fred wanted to create a, a space on Discord where he could actually have a, a sort of direct relationship with his fans and to create a space where fans could connect, engage, mobilize with each other. And if we think about traditional social platforms, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, at their core, they are broadcast media. Right, you're tweeting mm. at, Instagramming at, TikToking at those fans. They're not having mm. a conversation, um, and so platforms like Discord allow for everyone to have a microphone, which, if harnessed properly, can be incredibly powerful. Um, so, to give you some some examples with with Fred the artist, he's got different spaces within his community on Discord um, where he's trying to. Um, sort of encourage or nudge certain behaviors and certain discussions so he has a show threads channel where um, every show that he has coming up um, fans can chat specifically around that show now we're starting to see habits of digital relationships merging into physical so people are starting to meet up together from the community in real life when they're going to the shows um Fred, the artist, writes a lot of his music on top of samples that he sources and finds. Well, he's now crowdsourcing that. He has a samples channel where he's got 35,000 fans sharing samples with him all the time. Um, as an artist, he uses lots of user-generated content. Um, so he now has a, a channel in his community where he's asking people that have been to his live events to share their photos, share their videos with him, which he's now using as his upcoming single covers, um, if you look at a lot of his live content, he's got backdrop visuals. All of that's now coming from the, the fan content that's being shared into his community. So it's much more of a sort of interactive experience. And I think the owners of the communities are, are really moving to a, a kind of a new way to engage with fans where you're building with and not just for that audience. You're making them part of your your product and your iterative process, your creation process, um, rather than just kind of giving them what you think they want. 
Mm. And it may be worth uh, for the listening audience uh, to just describe a little bit what Discord is yes, um, and how it operates because certainly from uh, I, I personally hadn't heard about Discord uh, until I started getting into um, NBA Top Shot, uh, the, the digital collectibles, digital moments that the NBA released back in 2019 and you get benefits from being, uh, from, being from participating in the Top Shot Discord community um, and I really had no idea what it was up until that point and I'm sure that a lot of people in sort of the, the the wider sports rights holder network may not yet have come across it. So please do describe a little bit about what Discord is. You, you, you gave kind of the, the top line of it's not broadcast, it's community participation, but kind of how it operates and what, uh, what it's all about. Yeah, so, I mean, the first thing that I'll say is, is, is interestingly, actually, going in and meeting sports rights holders now, um, increasingly have heard people saying, this is great timing, we're thinking about a Discord strategy, mm-hmm. which certainly a year ago wouldn't have been the case. So I think that um, it is becoming part of um, of kind of future planning and people thinking about um, what opportunities there are to bring super fans together around those shared interests. But for a bit of context, Discord launched as as a platform to help gamers to come together and speak when they were playing whatever game that that, that they were playing. Um, and it got a really focused audience um, and started to have growth around that around the gaming vertical. And then that thing called called COVID happened. And naturally Discord became a, a place to to bring more than just gaming people together. It became a sort of de facto community platform that was starting to bring other interests into it. Um, it then had a sort of a bit of a moment with with Web3 and growth there. Um, uh, but now is having, I would say, it's sort of crossing the chasm moment where we are seeing multiple verticals start to move on to Discord and see it as that kind of de facto modern day fan forum. So um, in 2023, we've seen Manchester United, FC Barcelona, Red Bull Racing, McLaren have all launched from a sports rights holder perspective. NBA were, were already there before. Um, we're seeing major consumer brands. We work with Starbucks as an example. Um, we've got Louis Vuitton, a um, number of other big brands on the platform. Um, musicians, um, from Fredigan, as I mentioned, to Gorillaz, to Swedish House Mafia, all artists that, that we work with. So moving, moving really, really fast. Um, the platform has 200 million average monthly users. Um, it's had over 600 million downloads. Um, they were actually, they turned down a $10 billion acquisition opportunity from Microsoft uh, a couple of years ago, which gives you an indication of, um, of sort of the size and the scale of the business. And, um, people are using discord for slightly different wants and needs. So 65% of Gen Z say that they actually feel more confident when they're using a community app like discord over Instagram and Twitter. Um, and 70% of, of those Gen Z consumers are actually joining platforms like Discord for um, a sense of belonging. You know, belonging mm. being quite a key word there. They're looking for something different. Um, and probably the biggest telling stat is that 35% of Gen Z now say that Discord is their platform of choice. And I think this is why, particularly for sports rights holders, who, you know, the lifetime value of getting a customer early on, we know is, is significant in sport. We know a lot of rights holders are trying to acquire new audiences um, as habits shift and habits change. Um, the industry can't really afford to not no longer look at Discord because because of the growth, because of 
um, how sort of um, how particularly that Gen Z audience are engaging with the platform, and um, and sort of knowing that you know Gen Z, you know, the data says they're going to have more than three point five trillion in buying power by twenty thirty. So it's really important for for brands and, and rights holders and IP owners to start thinking about um, this platform, which is why we're starting to really see um, significant uh, significant growth on it. Actually, Tom, just on that one, um, are you finding when you're talking to rights holders that you're going and talking to them and they're saying, hey, there's already a discussion here that's happening on Discord about us. So you're a Chelsea fan, right? You go and talk to Chelsea, there's already a whole bunch of Chelsea fans already talking about Chelsea on Discord. Or are you finding that people are looking at Discord as a really good platform to the, to use and then it's about how do we build our bring a fan base to discord because it's a good platform with good tools are you finding it's one one more than the other um tends to be a combination um you're right charlie if you go and look on discord you will find um hundreds of communities have been set up the rights holders currently aren't part of that conversation right in the chelsea example there are ten thousand fans currently chatting away in a fan created uh, community on the platform um and just for for, for knowledge, if I say the word server, um, a, a Discord server is a, is a community. It's it's their language, but server equals community. Um, so we are seeing that these habits are being formed, Charlie. And, and I think the way that we look at community building is building habits is really, really difficult, right? Getting someone to open your app daily, weekly, come and use it is not an easy task to do. And secondly, actually, building community functionality into your owned and operated is expensive, pretty time consuming because you need to involve a number of different people within your organization to make it happen and see that that those tools often don't scale very well. Um, And so what we're saying to the market is, hey, fans already actually have these habits and they're doing it in this platform called Discord. So go and build where those habits already exist remove some of the risks of trying to do this yourself and some of the costs and if you use our tool set we're actually going to help you own that community with first party data and some of the other stuff we might talk about in time so um it's it's a combination because these habits are already happening people are already using the platform but we're also focused on a high quality conversion of super fans this is not a quantity play if you've got a million tiktok followers we're not trying to get a million people in here well i'm trying to get you 10 percent trying to get the people that want to talk every day about their passion and about the thing that they love. And so we are seeing um, those users, if they're not, if they don't have download uh, discord already, if they don't have it downloaded, they want to be a part of the conversation. And so they will then download and, and join the community. So it's, it's a bit of a combination. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious about that, right? Because this is because you guys have operated in the brand space and in the music space. And, you know, music is obviously something that drives a lot of passion. Your example of Fred, again, is incredible of, you know, fans sharing uh, album artwork, sharing samples, you know, sharing um, uh, potential tour locations and things like that, which mean that you have an interactive conversation at all times with your fan bases. What is it about sports in particular that made you want to dive into it? And that lends itself to building community um, from a from a uh, revenue standpoint. So looking at it, and, and then we'll take the next step as to how building that community can lead to to revenues and to growth. I won't I won't I won't jump ahead. Great question, and I think that you know sport at its very core is 
is about is about community. You know, fandom doesn't exist in a vacuum. Um, it's a very social experience. Um, you know, we love to work, use the word tribalism when we talk about sport. But mm. you know, why do I get up? Uh, at 6am on a Saturday and and sit on a train for three hours to go and watch my team Chelsea probably lose at the moment. Um, It's kind of, it's it's not actually about the game. Like, yes, you know, we might go and get a great sporting moment, but you do it because you're part of a community. And and so it it gives us that sense of belonging, right? And and particularly in sport, we know that it's like a, it's a a lifetime thing for so, so many of us. And, you know, fan forums were built for, for fans to be part of the conversation. I grew up on the shedend.com as a Chelsea fan. That is where I would go to have my conversation. And this, this habit is now just shifting into these platforms like Discord, right? And sports is kind of the pinnacle, actually, of community building because it aligns with the four things that a community needs to be strong. And the first one is a clearly defined membership. Right, I am a fan of Chelsea, Man City, LA Rams, um, you know, uh, Ferrari. Um, it has that clearly defined membership. Mm-hmm. Um, the second is um, an exchange of influence, and um, you know, as a rights holder, you can you can give a significant exchange to your to your fans, um, whether that be through tickets, whether that be through access to talent. Um, whether that be through um, early access, exclusive content. Um, the third is fulfillment of, of needs. And um, if we think about setting up a community, that, that becomes my place to connect with fellow fans and to be able to get those kind of exclusives and um, from, from the rights holder. So fulfillment of needs. And then the fourth is shared emotional connection. And that is a, a tick by, by, by proxy in sports. So, Community is very natural to the sports vertical, and by its nature, Discord being that kind of modern-day fan forum, it is um, a natural evolution for the sports industry to start to start looking at it. And so, before we dive into the details of engaging with that community and sort of and potentially monetizing it or providing uh, uplift, let's talk a little bit about how you identified the need and how you started leveler so what was the what was the light bulb moment for you to go oh actually there's something here that we can build a business out of um and you know go out and 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 pitch to various uh, uh, to various brands and uh, and rights holders i suppose it goes i mean if i look look back actually at my career the, the sort of consistent thread has been has been community uh, in, I know it's a word that means many different things to many different people, but bringing people together around shared passions. So I started my career at Octagon, um, where I was helping big brands like MasterCard, Nike, AB and Bev build communities around their sports, music and entertainment properties. Um, and then I moved into the startup world. I worked for a, um, a startup called My Could you, which was based in, um, based out of Amsterdam. I spent three years in Amsterdam. Um, My Could you is a, um, a live streaming platform helping um, long tail sports teams um, start connecting with their their fans around live content. Um, and my co-founder Ben, who is our CTO, was at YouTube for seven years, where he was building community on the YouTube platform. So we sort of had this this shared topic, this shared interest. 
And kind of where we ended up with Leveller after a first few pivots, which is a whole nother call to have, Yanni. Um, <laughs> but where we ended up was we both realised that when it came to conversations around topics that, that we were passionate about, you know, they weren't happening in the web-based forums anymore, like I mentioned where we grew up. Um, they they weren't then happening anymore on traditional social platforms. You know, Facebook, Instagram, in their nascent days, were about connecting with friends and families. You know, that is why we use those platforms originally. But think about this, the, the state of those platforms today. They have shifted towards short-form algorithmic content, right? We're scrolling, mm. also known yeah. as doom scrolling. Doom scrolling, um, yeah. We're not actually connecting and having conversation. And so naturally those discussions were shifting into messaging apps on our phones um mm-hmm. into whatsapp groups you know into telegram groups into discord servers and i think we started to to look at the numbers of these platforms you know whatsapp two billion average monthly users telegram top five most used apps in the world we've spoken about some of those um discord data points and i think we had a hunch that there was a shift taking place from from sort of open networks towards these close safe spaces and so we we headed out into the market, speaking to a number of different verticals with a pretty simple question, which is, look, we think the future of fan engagement actually exists within messaging apps on our phones. Would you be excited about building a community with your fans there? And we got very consistent feedback, which was, yeah, this makes sense to us, um, but which app am I building my community in? How do I then get fans into my community space? What if I want to actually gate my community for a specific segment of customers so can i only get my members in there or my loyalty app holders Mm. um how am i going to deal with scale when everyone has a microphone and we go from 50 to 500 to 50,000 fans in this in this space how do i moderate that appropriately and ultimately how do i get an roi and so we sort of distilled all of those questions to then go and build what we call a community as a service business and that's built on three pillars of software community management and community moderation. So we've built tools that plug into messaging apps to help answer and automate a lot of those questions. Um, and then we've built a team of community experts that if you need that help, you know, becoming an extension of your team, um, we can help to then build, manage and, and grow those communities over time. So that's a, that's a little bit of, of, of the background. And which which platforms do you actually cover? Because we speak a lot about Discord. You mentioned Telegram, yes. WhatsApp to a certain degree. How, how many of those platforms do you actually cover and provide services or solutions for? Yeah, so today we, we plug into Discord and, and Telegram. Um, really, I think, you know, people would think about probably four, four apps in this space. Um, so we'd also be including sort of WhatsApp and Slack. Now, Slack is very B2B focused and, and we're focused on mm-hmm. super fans. So um, made an early decision that it currently doesn't make sense for us to plug into that um, platform. Um, WhatsApp we are seeing is is getting a lot of take up from um, the sports industry with the channels creation that they've launched recently. But again, that's still broadcast media. Um, We are really focusing on multiple fans being able to have a conversation and WhatsApp groups currently don't scale. Um, They have a limit of around about a thousand people. Um, uh, so it's quite difficult to sort of build community on that platform currently. So we're not focused on WhatsApp today. Um, Telegram works really well for smaller communities, particularly for creators. Um, but again, probably gets to a, a certain size, a thousand plus, where um, it gets a little bit difficult to scale. Whereas Discord has the ability to create lots of different channels around different topics 
and to grow and evolve it over time. So your community will would and should look very different from day one to month three to month six to month nine, because um, you can evolve and grow it over time. Um, so we're currently focused on on those two platforms, um, but sort of see ourselves as, as platform agnostic. We want to help you build where your fans exist, where those habits already exist. Can I ask a slightly dumb question on that? Where does Reddit sit in that sort of platform, uh, sort of community building engagement continuum? Yeah, um, Reddit is, um, is is an incredible platform. And again, we see that there is a real habit of fans with shared interests and shared passions going there to have conversation. Um, but it's in more of that thread style. Um, it's not the sort of real-time asynchronous conversation uh, that you get in a platform like uh, like Discord. So, Tom, I just want to go back to what you were saying before about you got partly the the product side of the business and partly sort of the moderation and community management side of the business. When you talk about the products, can you give us a feel for what do the products actually do within a platform like Discord? Because obviously, there's the Discord platform. What's the bits that you're sort of building on top of that? Yeah. So. Um, Really, we're we're trying to to fix a few key problems for customers. Um, the first one is around ownership of community. Um, you know, if you're building on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, um, you don't get access to any first party data. You're not getting email addresses, locations. You don't know where your fans are. Um, Via Leveler's toolset within Discord, um, we can help you to actually acquire all via fan opt-ins, all GDPR compliant, but access to, to that first-party data like email addresses, country locations, names. Um, and because this is, as I mentioned earlier, that kind of that focus on high-quality conversion versus the quantity play, um, you know, industry standard opt-in rates, you know, those tick boxes that you'd see on a web page, right, where you have to tick it to opt-in, it's about 2% of people will do that. Um, across our customers, the average opt-in rate is 51.4%. Um, so we 25x that number. And it's because it is that really rabid audience that want to be a part of these places. Um, so we build a, a CRM on on your kind of on your community that you're then going to be able to access and, and use and upload your own um, CRMs. Um, the uh, the second thing is around uh, e-commerce. So again, because we've got this highly engaged audience in one space, we are seeing um, some really significant e-commerce being done in our communities. Um, we've done a Ticketmaster integration, so we can start to do sort of exclusive sales into that community and then track that ROI. Um, and as an example on this, um, the band uh, Fallout Boy, who, who we work with, they did a, a pre-sale exclusive a couple of months ago for their Discord server, um, Discord community, um, where they've got about 10,000 fans in that community. Um, and they sold 25,000 tickets and they did $2 million of revenue in, in under 24 hours. Um, wow. Because it is that hardcore audience, right? They really want to be a part of it. So we, we've got third-party integrations. Um, we're working on Shopify at the moment, and we'll continue to be to be building that out to help to drive e-commerce. Um, I think the third thing to mention, Charlie, that we're seeing particular interest in with the, within the sports segment as well is what we call sort of gating or access control for your community. Um, the sports industry. Uh, you know, most rights holders have a membership program, which historically were created for ticket going fans. 
Um, but now as you know, globalization, connected world, we've got these highly engaged audiences, these really, really engaged fans in markets all around the world, but they're not going to buy tickets, but they want to be members. They want to get access to additional benefits. So how do we evolve that program? And actually what we can also do with Discord is we can create either a, a whole community or specific spaces within your community where you're only giving that specific segment of users or fans access to that space. So in the Starbucks example that I mentioned earlier, one of our customers, only their loyalty app holders can get access to their Discord community. Um, and we've got um, email allow lists and API integrations that makes that a really seamless process. But we're seeing a lot of rights holders showing interest in, okay, we're evolving our membership program. How do I create an additional benefit where by becoming a member, they can get access to this space. So in turn, we're trying to drive more people into the funnel to become members and then and then drive drive retention. Um, and I think just the final thing is around kind of user-generated content. So um, we've proven that on average, um, across our communities, a community owner is getting around about 56 pieces of, of user-generated content posted into the community per day. So over 20,000 pieces of content a year that they can access. Uh, and so within our uh, within our dashboard toolset that we've built, um, we essentially put all that media into one space that you can then source and start using in in real time. So what we're trying to do is really help you to to own, then manage, and then and then monetize that community with our toolset. And you must be, I mean, the amount of conversations that we have with teams and leagues talking about people wanting to rethink their membership proposition at the moment. You know, the membership program was put in place. 10, 20 years ago, you must be having a, a lot of people starting to go, okay, how, how do we do this? Like, how do we set this up for our fans internationally? How do we set up a group for people who are go to traveling to games and things like that? You must get a, must be getting a lot of uptake on that side. Yes. Um, I think it, it clearly is um, something that, that most of the industry is thinking about at the moment. Um, I think what's important and what we're thinking about when we're starting these conversations with rights holders is getting alignment across the various teams in this process because whoever's running that membership program then needs to be um, or have a aligned strategy with the marketing digital teams right so are we going to make this just a closed community for members or is it going to be a closed space, but any fans can then jo join other parts within that community? Who's then going to manage that community? Then the partnerships team wants to get involved because they're going, oh, wow, we can get all of this first party data involved. We can now upsell new assets into our partners. So, um, yeah, it, it's absolutely coming up a lot, Charlie. Um, I think what's important is making sure early on in um, in thinking about the strategy on building like platforms like Discord is okay, what is the key stakeholder team that we need here? And how do we all get together early on in the journey so we can be very clear on what ultimately the goals of this should be? Yeah. And if you've got somebody, I mean, you mentioned the Fred again uh, example, which I, you know, when you first mentioned it to me and I went and played around, I thought it was just an amazing example of how to engage a, a fan base. How many, how do they approach managing that sort of community? And you mentioned managing it in the sense of, uh, like a, a sports team there but how do they approach managing that community and i'm thinking both in terms of the people that they actually have doing the management of the community and how do they approach things like moderation uh, as well because part, that's part of what you do but then also uh, how you bring others in to help you manage that moderation too 
Because just to be just to be clear on that question, right? This is what we're talking about is the official channel, the official community of the rights holder, right? right. It's not one set up by fans where you can kind of say oh, the fans are saying whatever the hell they want, it's not us. This is, there has to be some hygiene factor or something um, something to ensure that people aren't going on there and saying things that aren't consistent with either the brand or the ethos of the, um, of the rights holder or the um, artist. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and, and so that's really where we're kind of um, providing that additional help and, and resource when and where is needed. So... We have um, a, a raft of community managers that that work really closely with our customers to think about content in in the community. So, what does the content calendar look like? Um, you know, once you, once we've gone through the launch process, right? We're talking about once we're live. So, there's 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 upfront work to be done on. Hey, what are the goals of the community? What's the purpose of the community? What do we you know what sort of conversations do we want the community to, to have because that's going to help you think about how to set up the community once you're live it's then keeping that um engagement um uh, uh making sure that you are again thinking about and aligning it to to goals and then the moderation piece so um from a community management perspective um before i move on to moderation we we really like it when a customer has a in a sort of point of contact or a lead internally that is driving this forward. Um, so we can then work with them on whether it's our weekly calls, bi-weekly calls, how we're going to set up um, to make sure that, you know, the, the community is continuing to evolve and, and be driven forward. Um, from a community moderation perspective, as I mentioned earlier, everyone does have a microphone, which provides a lot of opportunities, but we also need to, to, to mitigate against some of the risks. Now, some of this can be done with technology and tools. Um, so we can, you know, auto ban certain words. And as I say to every rights holder, unlike, you know, platforms like Twitter, you have the ability to mute, ban, kick people in these spaces, right? You can create your own rules, you can create your own guidelines. So you actually have a lot more freedom than you do on those platforms. But we also wanna make sure that people play within the confines that we set up and we need to have our own barriers. And to do that, you need to have moderation support. So we can provide professional moderators. So, hey, Tom, you know, we we want to make sure that we've got 24-7, seven days a week coverage. Um, often what we're doing with rights holders is actually launching with professional moderation. So so we can make sure that we start, um, start from day one with great moderation in the community, set up those rules, set up those guidelines. And then often what we do over time is evolve it to help bring fans in to help us moderate. So Discord as a platform has sort of built on, you know, on individuals helping to moderate communities that they are passionate about. Um, and there are thousands of moderators. We have hundreds of them in our own community at, at Leveler who go and moderate communities that, that they love and, and they want to be a part of. So um, you know, in the Fred example, he's got a team of around 10 fan moderators that he then gives exclusives to, that um, he's rewarding those fans, but they are actively um, helping to not only police the community, but drive engagement in that community. And I think that's an, an important distinction with, with community moderation, because um, you can't really beat the power of a genuine fan helping to, to moderate in that space. 
Um, but this will be new to a lot of a lot of customers, and that's that's why we kind of are helping them set up and then manage those moderation teams. So we're keeping the community healthy, uh, and we're making sure that we're, that, that, that the moderators are driving engagement as well. How are you finding those conversations with sports rights holders in particular? Because artists historically have always wanted to build a direct bridge to the fans, whereas it's it seems that sports rights holders quite often feel like they know what is best for the fans and they're going to tell them what it is. And I, you know, I put my hand up having been sports rights holder side for a long time that that's very much the same, you know, uh, the same from my perspective. How are you finding the response to to what you just said about allowing communities of fans to self-moderate uh i feel like you asked that question yanni with a with a grin uh with a with a, with a smile very much um, so very much so look sport, sports definitely thinks about um brand perception and safety um differently to, to maybe some of the other verticals like music that that we've worked with um and it is often one of the first questions that comes up, right? Is like, how do we how do we keep this space safe? Um, what are we going to allow? What are we not going to allow? Um, but I think that on the whole, you know, sports is you know it, it's understood that if people want to speak about a specific topic, they will do that whether you want them to or not, right? And the difference is with a platform like Discord, is that you can decide what you are going to allow and not going to allow. You cannot do that on traditional social platforms. And I think once they understand that actually they have more freedom there and, um, and, uh, and, and that you can work with, you know, professional moderators who can then also help, you know, fan moderators with guardrails and clear guidelines about around what is and is and isn't allowed. I think they realize like actually, this is this is an opportunity for us and it is exciting if we can be part of the fan conversation because as i said they, they, they if they want to talk about a topic they will find a way to do it uh, um wherever they want to right yeah and they do it in the pub beforehand anyway right so it, it, it you, you might as well you might as well allow as much of that as possible in order to f- truly engage with them um so so from from what you've seen whether it is a client of yours or not who are you seeing in the sports world who's doing a good job at the moment of direct community engagement, whether it is on uh, uh, on Discord or on an owned platform or somewhere else? Give us give us some some decent some decent examples that we can point to. Yeah, I, I actually think in in sort of the sports space, the people that have gone early and are thinking really smartly about this is kind of the the fantasy um sort of fantasy betting industry we're working with a very fast growing us company called fantasy underdog um who have a highly highly engaged community on discord there's another business called prize picks that have um a thriving community as well and they are really turning community into a way to a acquire new users b retain existing customers and c actually a rolling sort of customer support into it so they're kind of getting three three hits in one go and they're making it front and center of their marketing strategy we are going to actively invest in building communities on discord and put um put resource behind it which i think sports rights holders currently are thinking about this as still you know 
looking at this is something new we're going to test we're going to we're going to learn about it um fantasy have gone into this um really hard and are getting some really exciting results from it so yeah if people want to see how um you know conversations around sports are being fostered on on discord go and have a look at, at what prize picks and, and fantasy underdog are doing they're they're really interesting communities very interesting we'll look those uh we'll look those up so then as the natural follow-on to that who are your target clients over the next 12 months and kind of who's your who's your dream client who's and it could be chelsea you mentioned you know you mentioned that you're a fan but who who is it that you would love to take their community and build something really powerful uh and engaging within the sports within the sports ecosystem um so from a kind of focus point of view um we we're really looking at, at gaming where we've started to have some some early success um and then sports and um sports and and, and betting where uh, we've got some exciting launches coming um those verticals i think are all are, you know gaming's already endemic on the platform but but sports is really starting to look at the opportunity and and, and wanting to think about discord from a who would i like to work with um apart from from chelsea of course but that's that's too easy i think that a um i think golf is really interesting for this um and and i think P, a pga community would be very exciting because you know golf players are nerds they just they just want to talk about it all the time do they have anything to talk about there's nothing happening in the world of golf right now everything's so stagnant and there's no movement and there's <laughs> well, no money it, coming Yanny. into it and there's no controversy <laughs> that's it i think it'd be extremely spicy and would just be a fun challenge to to deal mm-hmm. with um the different parties involved in the game of golf currently yep. Um, God, there's a lot to talk about and golf fans want to talk about everything. Um, and I also think that we are seeing really interesting participation numbers in in golf at the moment. Um, uh, particularly with, with younger audiences. Um, so PGA, PGA community. Hmm. That would be uh, uh, certainly a lot to cover and a lot of different uh, different threads within that community or different – is it different servers within servers? How does that work if it's a different chat or a different – Different channels. Different, different channels. channels within the server. Okay. Yeah, I'm, sure, I'm sure there would be there a, lot to, a lot to come. So let's let's shift focus a little bit and uh, and just talk about um, the world of uh, funding and VC. As you know, we've had um, quite a lot of investors on the on the podcast recently and and spoken to them about um, what they're looking at. Um, and you've been uh, you've been in the process recently um, in uh, in what has been a shall we call it a founder unfriendly uh atmosphere how have you found the how have you found the process and how's it gone uh where to start with with the funding question so we've um we we've raised about a million dollars over the the kind of course of our business um we we used actually some some really good uh uk government schemes um we are complementing the government on their seis scheme so we used that to raise some money from sort of angels friends and family early on in the business um and you know ben and i stayed as just two of us for for 18 months um whilst we were trying to find product market fit um pivot our way towards the business we sort of purposely kept small didn't raise a huge amount um i have seen the perils from previous startups that i've worked with of, of raising you know potentially too much um and uh, and once we started to sort of bring on first customers and have some repeat revenue 
And we then went and raised some venture capital from a company called Crush Ventures based in um, the States. Um, over 50% of our revenue actually comes from America. So, you know, we've been trying to build relationships there really early on in our journey. Um, and Crush was a very strategic investment for us. Um, they, um, this is the ventures arm of Crush Music Management. They look after Miley Cyrus, Green Day, Fall Out Boy, some very big acts. They've got an incredible network. Um, and so it was a really, it was a really good tie up for us. And that's allowed us to kind of grow the team. We we're now 16 globally. Um, and, you know, we've tried to, I think maybe take a slightly different path. We've tried to build in revenue from day one. Um, we've tried to think about, even though it's very, um, kind of at the moment to talk about profitability, you know, we've been trying to think about that throughout the, the lifespan of most of, most of our business. Um, and so, you know, capital for us is um, is when we you know when we've seen an opportunity and we need it to really grow, whether that be specifically around teams, specifically around marketing. Um, so I think we've tried to be smart about when we've brought on money so so far at Leveler. And Tom, how have you found that investors that you've talked to have looked at the level of business? Because obviously, as we talked about before, you've got a product side of the business and you've got the sort of the moderation, more services side of the business historical conventional thinking would be product scale services don't scale so easily have you found that reflect that sort of thinking reflected in the conversations that you've had or have you found that people have taken maybe a slightly different view of it people that understand this space and play in this space no actually um yes from a few that that don't understand community building but those that um that do understand that there is um an element of um, of kind of human involvement that is potentially needed. Um, and I think if, you know, we kind of see ourselves, Charlie, a bit like the early days of of social media when we saw companies like Sprinkler, Sprout, Hootsuite, Coros, names that, you know, a number of your listeners might know, um, that have grown into very big businesses. We kind of see ourselves as, as the next iteration of those companies. And we are a software-first business with software at our call. Um but some customers need that additional servicing. They need that additional help. Um, and just as those companies all built very successful service arms on top of their software, we're 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 doing the same. Um, and look, that that opens us up to um, a much bigger market. I mean, we're we're frequent, frequently working with with agencies who might be taking up the service piece, but want us for for software only. So, you know, some investors. Yes, but those that understand the space, I think, um, understand why we've we've set up as we have. Very nice. As we start to wrap up, Tom, put uh, let's let's get out the crystal ball and tell us what you see for the next twelve months, or let's call it thirteen months, because it is currently end of November. Where uh, where where do you see Leveler being at the end of twenty twenty four? You know, we, we've very purposely over the last couple of years not tried to go after many verticals because. You know, you, you have to be focused. If you try to do too much too soon, um, you'll combust. And so we we really tried to build um, around music where we found that sort of early early product market fit. Now that the team has grown, the product has evolved. Um, you know, we we have some of that funding backing behind us. It is that growth into into multi vertical, and I, I you know very confident that by this time next year we'll be working with many tier one um, sports rights holders. Um, and I think, you know, from less of a level of perspective, but sort of crystal ball with sports, I think it's the industry realizing 
that you need to capitalize on these really quite significant audiences that have built been built on your social platforms um and i think people are are, are starting to realize that they can't you know you're beheld to the algorithms you're beheld to potentially the performance of your team and you have these spike moments but how do we actually create an ongoing relationship an ongoing conversation with those fans that really want to be a part of the conversation but aren't just scrolling through um like the majority of those fans are and i think that we are seeing that the industry is is, is waking up to actually discord can uh, and platforms like discord and telegram can become the home for those fans this isn't a replacement of social media absolutely continue investing in those platforms but give the fans that really want to be a part of your journey a home to come and be able to connect on a on a daily weekly basis around their shared topic and shared passion couldn't have put it better myself, and uh, nor should I be able to. You're the founder of the company, but uh, it's a. Uh, if if you are interested uh, in finding out more, please do get in touch with uh, Tom and the team at Leveler. They really are awesome at what they do. So, for our listeners, if you like what you've heard, please make sure to like and subscribe wherever you like our podcasts and give us a rating. Um, go to our website, sportsloft.co, and sign up for our newsletter for more news on things like this and the impact of technology in the world of sports and entertainment. And please follow us on socials at SportsLoftHQ. All that remains for me is to say a big thank you to our guests. So, Charlie, thank you very much for joining us again. Thank you, Yannick. Tom, thank you so much for joining us in the SportsLoft podcast. We hope to have you again soon. Really appreciated it. Thank you both for having me. Thank you very much to our listeners, and we will see you next time in the Sports Loft. Goodbye. <laughs>